The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Saints Happy Hour needs your support. We need money to buy the finest meats and cheeses to pay Thomas in Poland. We need money to buy show intros like Sean Payton and to have mediocre audio. Supporting Saints Happy Hour gives you the best Saints podcast every day without any stupid ads or promos like this one. And access to our private Discord channel to talk Saints 24-7 and the world-famous booze bundle with four swag items. Annual patrons get a month for free. So go sign up at saintshappyhour.com and support the show. Do it. Go right now. Go to saintshappyhour.com. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's, it's painful. Everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. It's a Wednesday, so if it's Wednesday, that means we are on the Spotify Green Room app, Talking Saints Live. You should join us if you're listening to the show later, uh, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, download the Spotify Green Room app. Join us live Wednesday because on Wednesday you can join us in the room. We can interact with us. You can ask questions. You can we we have the written, we have the text chat, but we also you can audio question. You can ask us stuff. So it's great fun. Uh, Andrew, he's going to be here eventually. His dad managed to make it on time, but he didn't. Um, so here's the thing. I, I, we start here. The Saints, uh, they did a bunch of moves this week. They uh, brought back both of my UDFA uh, adopted sons, a Zigbo from like two, three years ago, right? And they brought back Bryce Thompson uh, from this year. So, like, I'm back in the UDFA Sun race for this year. Andrew thought he had won, but my son came back. So if my son, Bryce Thompson, can get, can get in the game uh, Sunday or down the line, I could maybe win. But he plays in the secondary. We really don't want him in the game. It's like, uh, it's like my son, Throckmorton. You know, he, he's been getting in the game. We, that's not a good sign for the Saints because it means they got injuries on the defensive line. Um, so that's where we are. Uh, I'm going to ask, I want you guys to interact with me. What are you feeling? Oh, and the Saints, they picked up Cody Parkey. He's the kicker from the Browns. He, kick, he kicked for the Browns. He kicked for the Bears. You, you probably only know him from uh, the playoff game against the Bears where he doinked that kick so loud it like probably reverber- reverberated in your house for five minutes. Uh, Budridge is nice enough to join us. Budridge, I want to know. You are a tape eater like Andrew. Of course. When you, when you rewatch the game, um, 
when you rewatched the game on the tape, did you feel worse about it? Did you feel better about it? How did you feel about the, the Sunday debacle? Well, I had to reduce – well, I had to uh, restrain myself from pouring newfound bleach into my eye because it was not <laughs> pleasant. I will say that much. Uh, I think uh, the Giants kind of adjusted their uh, – off the line protection because you look in the first half, they were able to get good pressure on uh, Daniel Jones. I mean, it didn't translate into sacks because he kind of got rid of the ball quickly. And of course he has that sneaky mobility. As uh, Oh no. I, I think his, I think his mobility is not sneaky. I think it is because he's a white dude. Fans don't think of him yeah. as the second best scrambling quarterback in the NFL, but he, in my opinion, he probably yeah, is the second most dangerous quarterback scrambling to Lamar Jackson. Maybe you could say Mahomes, but Mahomes throws it more. Daniel Jones will rip up a rip up a fifty yard run on your ass, and the Saints were kind of petrified of that. Oh, yeah, but it's not like Josh Allen for the Bills, where he'll ju- where he has you know great speed or anything and good acceleration. No, he's he's kind of slow. But yet somehow he'll just he will break off those twenty plus runs. You're just like, how the hell did we let that happen? It, it, it just befuddles me. It's like it's like you have to keep an eye on him, but at the same time, you're not a, you're not fearing his speed. It, it's 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 boggling to say the least. Yeah, it, it it's uh it's weird because he had like the seventy yard run where he fell down, right? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, um, mm-hmm. so so that that's that that's bizarre. Uh, I think Andrew finally got the Spotify app to to work, and he'll be joining us in a second. Um, yeah, let's see if it lets him speak. Like how last week, despite how many times I would request to speak, it would not let me actually speak. Because like last <laughs> week, I would hit request to speak, it would show that I got accepted, I got a gym for it. But it wouldn't show me like the ability to mute myself or to stop speaking. It was bizarre. So, Andrew, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? I can hear you, and now my app is frozen, and it yeah. says failed to send invite. But you're speaking, so we're good. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that'll work. Uh, have, have you had a good time with the app uh, so far? Beyond what just happened? I mean, pretty much. Um, it was going away. I mean, I, going- I see people. I see so pe- people are here this time. Yeah, yeah, I, I see them. So that's nice. And thanks for thanks yeah. to Budridge for uh, for joining us um, and, and filling in. But Andrew, yeah. they uh, they um, they the Saints did a bunch of moves. I got two DFA UDFA sons. They came home. We fed them. We got them excited. I got I I, for, I didn't even know a Zigbo was still in the league, and he he's back. We, they poached. Well, not really. He was on a practice squad, but yes, yes. They, they... <laughs> he had a more secure job in Jacksonville than Urban Meyer, probably. <sighs> too soon? No, it's not too soon. Never. You, you, you can't be side just sidetrack. You can't be an NFL coach and be like, "Yeah, I didn't go back with the team. I needed to stay in Ohio to clear my head and figure things out." Like you, you, you're not coaching the team. You can't be doing that. I just said it. <laughs> no. I, w- w- is it their bye week? Well, no. They just played on Thursday, so. Oh, so they have, like, extra so days. So you had, like, extra days, right? Yeah. If you're not flying with the team, 
the last thing you could do is, you know, that. Finger bang a chick? I mean, come on, man. That is, uh, yeah. But the Saints, back to Is that the first time he's had weird, like, sex stuff? No, he just, he's the first time he's had weird, he just, he made bad choices where, like, he kept coaches and stuff that that did horrible things with women, like the strength coach. Oh, that's right. And the tight, the wide receiver coach and uh, and other dudes. Like, I I don't think Urban himself has had, like, weird sex things. But as far as uh, Saints moves, Andrew, this kicker, we think of him as the guy who doinked the the kick for the Bears in, in uh, in 2018. Yeah. Um, but his stats are really good. Like he's got, he's like 85% accurate. Yeah. He just doesn't have like superpower leg. And so if you you look at his career, he keeps bouncing around teams. And I think that's because teams want the kicker that can bang in the 55 yarder, you know? And so, and, and that's automatic for touchbacks. Mm -hmm. So with a guy like Cody Parkey, they'll tolerate him on the roster for a year while they look for a guy that has a bigger arm. But I think coaches will accept 3% worse conversion rate for 10% more kick kickoffs, touchbacks, you know, like that, that's an acceptable trade-off for a lot of coaches. I I get that that's an acceptable trade-off for an entire year, or you're looking for a kicker long-term. I need this dude for maybe one more week. Right. And I just might need him to bang in a 42-yard field goal to win a game against the Redskins. Now, now I know well, you said if he can't you know, look, bang if in, the Saints, if the Saints lose 24 to 20 and they gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown, like I, I'm just saying, like you got to pick your poison, and, and that, that's what the Saints are doing right now. And they're frustrated with the kicker yeah. that's lacking in accuracy and Rosas, who's got the super powerful leg, well, but, but can't be consistent. So, like you, you're now in it, like just give me a guy that's going to make a 35-yard field goal. And I get that. Well, and here's the thing. Here's my one argument to that. It's it's sort of like the argument that people would make, like if it's the end of the game and there's like 30 seconds left and a team has no timeouts, most people would say, listen, you got to kick the ball off to them. You got to squib it so they can return it and they run like five, six seconds off the clock so they don't get an extra play. And some people would say, well, then they could return the kickoff for a touchdown. How about you just cover the goddamn kick and don't let him run it back for a touchdown? Like, that, that'd be my argument against yeah. – if, if, if the Saints give up a return yeah. and they lose, how about just cover the kickoff? You know? Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, – like ten, There's 10 guys to blame when that happens. <laughs> not just – well, 11, really. But not, not just the kicker. Whereas when he, yeah. when he misses a kick – you know, unless the protection was bad, bad snap, bad hold. There's still some things that could go wrong. So, um, before we get to Josh, we got Joshua and we got Eric wanting to talk. But before we get to them, uh, I asked uh, I asked Budridge before you got here. I asked him, he jumped in, and I asked people how they're feeling about the game. Uh, when It's Wednesday. How are we feeling about the Giants game? How are we feeling about the Saints overall? How are you feeling about them middle of the week? Uh, you can talk about the Giants game if you want, but how are you feeling for that and for the game coming going forward? How are you feeling? Just uh, uh, for this particular game or just the whole season? This, like, the, how am I feeling about the team? Both. Both. You can do both. Yeah, I mean, 
I would have loved to have had this one. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm still lamenting not winning the Giants game a little bit. Just be, just because, man, at three and one, you can tell the team's just not firing all cylinders. And it's like, man, if they're three and one playing like this, can you imagine what they're going to be like when they got everybody back? So now you're two and two, you're 500. Yeah. You know, you're fighting. And, and this is, Sean Payton said, this is an important game for us. And he's right because, they, they gotta go three and two. Two and three is a massive hole to climb from to get back to the playoffs. You know, you well because you're going to see you, you go you're going you you're you're in a bye week and then you go to Seattle in a primetime game and that stadium in Seattle is just bedlam normally and you add the primetime environment to it and you don't want to go to Seattle two and three. I don't care who's coming back. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. So you want to go into Seattle three and two, and at that point you get a bunch of people back, and maybe you can mm-hmm. win that one. But I, uh, I don't want to call this a must win, but I don't know, man. It's just again, like I would have felt so much better. I mean, it's water, water under the bridge, so I don't want to belabor it. But like at three and one, you could go into this game, and if you lose your three and two, it's okay. And if you win, it's like holy shit, man, we're four and one. Going, you know, going into the bye week, and we're getting a bunch of guys back, which would have been yeah. But that ship has sailed. The Saints blew it. They're two and two. Uh, I'm not going to call this a must win, but uh, this is the most important game of the season so far. Dude, this game is really interesting. Uh, but first, I want to get. I wanna, we got some people that want to talk. Joshua, you you go ahead, and then we'll get to Eric. Joshua, how are you feeling about the Saints a quarter into the year? <laughs> I, I'm I'm a little I'm a little frustrated. Um, I mean, I, I in the Discord I called it with Rosas like he was going to cost us a game. Like, yes, we had some bad coaching decisions. Yes, we had some some bad plays happen. But for me, it's frustrating because it's like, you know, Sean. Like, we've had bad kicking. Like, was it like 2016, 2015? <laughs> We had horrible kicking, exactly horrible kicking, and for you to stick with Rosas like after the New England game where he missed two kicks and yet we still won the game, it's like all right, this is why I put all the blame like this loss on Peyton is like this yeah, is and all you know, you-, you know, and that's an interesting point, Joshua, because here's the thing: if he would, if they would have say, say um, made the field goal, they would have no, I, I would. I was gonna say, if um, uh, I was gonna, I was gonna say that if um, they had had Parky uh, against the Giants, Sean Payton would have been like, I cannot kick a fifty-seven yard field goal. I cannot kick that forty-seven yard field. Goal. I gotta go for it. And his decisions wouldn't have been all over the place. He would have been. He would have been limited by what he thought the kicker's ability was. Andrew, the ISO. I think Joshua makes a good point. We'll get Joshua. You dropped off by accident. Well, you could hop back on if you want. Yeah, uh, I hear. I don't know. My thing with part. My, my sorry with Rosas is I don't really feel like he cost the Saints a game. I mean, you, you can make the argument that obviously the game went to overtime against the Giants. So that fifty-eight yarder. I don't. Know, I can't really blame him for missing a fifty-eight yarder. So. I would say the secondary, the pass rush, that they cost the Saints way more than Rosas did in that game. So he de- he hasn't been great, but I don't know that he cost the Saints a game. 
you know, I don't know if that's fair. No, I think it's, I think it's fair. I think it's fair to say though, that they should have got rid of him after new England. Like he didn't, he didn't have any equity built up with the saints. Like he missed two kicks. Get him out. Well, my, my thing was, I was just thinking they after all their coaches got hit with COVID, my thought all along was like, they just didn't want to bring a new guy in the building. That's true. And, and that, that's why I think they were willing to stick it out. Cause they knew it was a permanent or sorry, a temporary thing anyway. But so yeah, if, if, if the plan was to bring in Parky, if Rosas was terrible, I, I wish they would have just done it sooner. Dude. I know it doesn't involve the Saints, but the Pelicans just won, and their number one pick looked fucking amazing tonight. Troy Murphy, look, he had 20 points. He is going to kill shit when they get Zion back. He's going to be a spot-up three demon. Anyway, Eric, you're with us. How are you feeling about the Saints a quarter into the year? The thing I was thinking about, everyone talked for, you know, 15 years – Drew was a coach on the field and everything. And I think maybe part of him leaving that none of us thought about is that's like Sean Payton losing his like best assistant coach and a guy who could go into the locker room and settle things down. A guy he could kind of look over and say, okay, Drew's here. We're good. Cause the coaching against the Giants just it wasn't good it was unsettled it was like I don't know it's like when I'm playing a game of Madden and nothing's going right and I just start doing stupid stuff because I'm just frustrated with the whole game (laughs) that's a good that was kind of like he was coaching and it's like I don't know it's like for the first time in 15 years he looks over and Drew isn't there so I'm just I'm wondering I'm I'm as curious as to what he's gonna do and how he's gonna react as a coach as I am about how any of the players are going to act. Well, I think, I think that's an interesting point, Andrew, in that in this sense, I think those two fourth down decisions, if Drew is like, I won't go for it. I think maybe Sean, because he had such a, a long invested relationship with Drew, he'd be like, okay, Drew wants to go for it. We're going to go for it. Whereas maybe Jameis isn't quite to the point where he's like, Sean, let's go for this. It's more like he's looking to Sean to make the decision, and then whatever Sean does, he's okay with it. It's an interesting. It's an interesting decision. Like, like. Well, the Saints are definitely running more than ever. Uh, they ran a lot with Bridgewater. They ran a lot with McC- uh, McCown when he played, and they ran a lot with Taysom. Uh, it's really Drew where the passing pass to run ratio was skewed. And Drew, remember, he had the authority to audible out and adjust any play call at the line of scrimmage that he wanted. He had that authority and he called a lot of audible and he checked out of a lot of run plays. And I wonder if, you know, we're so quick to blame Sean Payton for how pass heavy the saints have been over the years. I wonder if his default is actually to run a lot more than we got accustomed to because of how much Drew checked out of that stuff. Maybe. Yeah, man, Drew, Drew famously checked out of a play in second down in the NFC Championship. You know, people got – Yeah, but I, I just think Drew, Drew was so good at processing. He'd yeah. be like, oh, I have this matchup. This guy isn't playing it. Or I'm going this there. linebacker is about to blitz. Like, yeah, like uh, forget this running play. The tight end's about to be wide open down the seam. He would see that every time. So I think yeah. it's different for him yeah. um, than it is. No. No, and, and 
but 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 Eric, I thanks for the thanks for joining us. That's a that was a really that was a really interesting point. I I think it is it does change it does change Sean Payton. I think in key in key moments, you know, like remember two thousand nine, like at the end of the half, right? He's like, should we kick a field goal? What should we do? And Drew's like, no, no, man, I'll sneak it. It'll be fine, you know. And I I think. He just had that trust with Drew Brees. Well, maybe he'll get it with Jameis over time, uh, but it's not there yet. The other interesting point that Eric brought up, Andrew, is Kamara is getting used a ton. Like I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna find it, um, but it was a it was a tweet um, from uh, from Maddie Hudak, who is the the Tulane sideline reporter. She had mentioned uh, something about uh, Kamara. I'm going to find it, but his his usage is is way up. Does that does that kind of concern you, Andrew? I don't really feel like it's going down with the Zigbo <laughs> being your number two running back. You know, I don't know. I, I, the pecking order at runner is going to be interesting because he's third in carries. By the way, he, Kamara has 78 carries. That's third to Derrick Henry and Joe Mixon. That is a lot of carries. Well, in, in defense to that stat you just threw out, McCaffrey would be number one if he hadn't gotten hurt. So, you know. So he'd be four. Yeah. Uh, that's still, that's still, it's a lot. It's, 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 it's definitely more usage than he's used to and accustomed to. Um, although he's not really being thrown to at all, interestingly. So, I don't know. You, you, Kamara was getting at least 20 touches a game. It's just that he, he was usually like, running 15 the, and catching five on average. I like the catches better because I feel like Kamara catching the ball is a less physical touch than a all. Yeah. Touch. He's usually, when he catches the ball, he's usually down the sideline and he gets out of bounds. Yeah. And he makes, yeah. Kamara makes a lot of business decisions and that's he fine does. because the thing is I saw that giant game and I counted up on my phone. I counted up seven different times where I was like, ooh, that hit was – it was between the tackles, and that was rough. Like, he – I just – like, I don't – these 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 carries that he's getting are, are tough carries. And you always talk about where Sean Payton is like, hey, we measure it, we look for it, we monitor his carries. And they say all that, but let the score be 21 to 20. Saints are down to Washington with two and a half minutes to go and they're running the ball good and and Kamara's already got 21 touches you know goddamn well Sean Payton's gonna give him another six like it's just too much to resist because it's so hard to win football game no I think to your point the playbook is out out of the window you know or the plan (laughs) I should say is out of the window when when it comes to winning a game in the final two minutes I think your example is kind of bad because you're, you're down one point, you're not running every play. But it, yeah, let's say you're up a touchdown and you're trying to melt the clock, then yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. That's it better. Your scenario is better. Your scenario is way better. Or they're, they're up 24 to 20 and they've been running the ball awesome. Kamara's right, getting right. touches. They're running Taysom Power. Did you talk about the injury report yet? I have not. I was waiting for So, you to- yeah, that, that, was, that was a good – I mean, it's the same. I, I was very surprised to see – no one on there. No one. It's literally McCoy out, Armstead out, and Lattimore with his hand is full. Everyone else is not listed. 
McCoy is puzzling to me. Why didn't they put him on the three-week IR? It's just puzzling. You know, the thing that really is a head-scratcher there is that they said all along he was going to be out six weeks. Yeah. So. So I just, it's, it's very, it's, it's a very, uh, it's a very strange one. So we've got, uh, oh, we haven't heard from this guy in a while. Dylan Federico. Dylan, what's going on, my man? Dylan, are you there? He might be. He might. He might have been swallowed whole by the Spotify app. Yeah, it kind of seems like it. It does. Dylan, are you there? We'll give him one more chance. All right. We'll. Uh... Hey, here we go. Here we go. Here there he is. There. There he is. Hear you, Ralph. I just wanted to congratulate you on getting verified. Thank you. That, that's awesome. Um. <laughs> Ralph and, Ralph and Dylan are like the two verified people I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, guys, Sunday sucked, but I'm really not worried. Like, I just feel like once we get everybody back, we're going to, we're going to put it on Seattle after the buy. Like, I'm really not worried. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm frustrated, but long-term I'm not worried because I just look at the saints deal and I'm like, no problem that they have isn't fixable oh you don't like their wide receivers you know what can fix their wide receivers the 2019 offensive player of the year you're worried about defensive tackle you know it can fix that problem on your model you know um so i I, the offensive line mccoy gets back it can be better so i i I, and you know what i I think andrew feel free to, to knock this but you get michael thomas back and if he's Michael Thomas that we hope he could be, and it's shown with the Saints in the past. You have Michael Thomas, Callaway, Deontay Harris, and Kenny Stills. That's a pretty goddamn good four. Like that's a that's four wide receivers you can you can win with. And Sean, you're gonna, you're gonna do you're gonna do you're gonna do Traquan like that, huh? Yeah, well, you for, I've forgotten he's exists. He, he'll do his he'll do his thing. People will forget he exists, and he'll catch. <laughs> he'll, he'll have a week where he'll catch four for 110 and two touchdowns. You know. I mean, guys, like, I mean, obviously, like, this is your show, but I just wanted to say really quick, like, I'm just looking around the NFC and, like, I mean, Tampa doesn't strike fear into me. Like, like I think, like, today we would lose to Tampa, but, like, with our all of our guys back, like, I think Tampa would be in big trouble against the I'm Saints. I'm telling you, like, I'll tell you about the NFC, and I know people don't want to hear it, but Dallas is good. Like, they are freaking, they are freaking good. Like, they have offensive weapons. Prescott is healthy and back. Their defense is, like, not an abomination. Like, da- Dallas is going to waltz to 12 wins because the NFC East is a dumpster fire. The Cowboys are going – the Cowboys are yep. going to waltz. The Cowboys, I would bet, I think Arizona is good, but they're so Murray-dependent and their defense is kind of old. I think Dallas, if you told me put money on who's going to be the number one seed in the NFC, I would put the money on Dallas. Yeah, I, and I just think – I just look around the NFC, and I think every team that's a, that's a contender in this conference, they just have major yeah. holes on their rosters. Yeah. Like the Rams have a shallow depth. The, 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 the 49ers, their, their secondary is a disaster. Seattle's defense is a disaster. Their offensive line isn't that good. All it takes is for Murray to get banged up and Carol, you know, Arizona's done. I mean, Dallas is really good. 
but I mean, their roster is holes too. And, and, and Tampa Bay's vulnerable. Like I, nobody's nobody in the NFC is there. It's not like the bills in the AFC where they're just like a juggernaut. Like I, 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 I wouldn't be, I have no idea who's going to end up in the Super Bowl out of the NFC. It's all set. Yeah, it's wide open. I mean, it's it's going to be who's hot at the end of the year. I mean, I I, I look at the yep. NFC and I, I, I whereas I would have said before that it's top heavy, I actually think it's kind of wide open. It's really not top heavy. And you, you mentioned Dallas, Ralph, but I, I still think Dallas has some holes. Green Bay, look, they've bounced back after that, that, that horrible Saints. After that Saints good. game, Green Bay's won three in a row. So, you know, I feel like Green Bay has bounced back. I'm not ready to write off Carolina just because they lost one game. Carolina's still dangerous. No. Tampa's Tampa. It, it, and then, you know, the, the Rams, way, Seattle. Seattle, I mean, has Russell Wilson. So, you know, he can get hot and he can win a playoff game. Arizona. So, like, there's a bunch of teams. I would even say Minnesota. I know they're one and three, but that's a team that could make a run. So, like, I, I just I look up and down at the NFC and I'm just like there's a bunch of teams that kind of feel like the Saints. Well, I, it's at full strength at least. Yep. It's very disappointing. Thanks for thanks for joining us, uh, Dylan. Uh, it's very disappointing to me that Carolina has hired what appears to be a very good coach. He put together a good staff. They traded for uh, Gilmore, Stephen Gilmore today. They traded for C.J. Henderson. Like, they're clearly going for it. Now, I don't know about Matt Rule. Like, if Joe Brady leaves, I don't know how their offense will be. But he's, like, clearly, like, Carolina, they made a good hire. And that sucks. Did that surprise you at all, the Gilmore acquisition? I mean, not really. They had $20 million in cap space, and they needed a corner. And they were the one team that – all the other teams that supposedly were interested, the Saints were on the list or whatever. All the other teams had to be like, hey, we can maybe give you something for Gilmore, but we got to like do things with our cap to make it fit. Carolina was like, you want a six-round pick for him? We got 20 million in cap space. We can do this right now. So like it doesn't, it doesn't really surprise yeah. me. I mean, I'm just I, – I, it just makes me wonder if C.J. Henderson is just garbage. <laughs> like, <laughs> they just took a look at him and they were like, ugh, ugh, yeah, we still I, need a I, corner. I, you know? think, I think that is 100% That is 100% correct. But at the same time, that makes me hate them even more because that means Matt Rule is sort of in that Sean Payton mold where he can acknowledge mistakes and like keep on going. Like a lot of teams would be like, no, we don't want Gilmore. We traded for CJ Henderson. And yeah, he looked terrible the first week, but but we'll make, we'll fix it. It'll be okay. Carolina's like, nah, man, he is trash. We need another corner, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Gilmore's 31 and he's been on the PUP. So like, is there any guarantee that he's going to be awesome? No. I mean, I said it at the time. People were like, what about Gilmore? I was like, I much prefer what the Saints did with Roby because Roby, you get him for two years. He's healthy. Gilmore is not. Gilmore wants a new contract. Like, I preferred what the Saints did at corner to Gilmore. We'll yeah, Gilmore wants a new contract. Like, you're going to be saddled with that. You're going to give him a bunch of money, and then if he gets hurt, and he's already hurt. Yeah. So, like, I – um I, but I, but yeah, apparently uh, P- Matt said that CJ Henderson got charred against Dallas. He got absolutely lit up. So yeah, I think the they, they traded the rec- for him and they were like, oof. Who, yeah. Who's the receiver for Dallas? They, they have the corner from Oklahoma. CD Amari Lamb. Cooper. CD Lamb. Oh, CD Lamb. Yeah. Like they just, 
they they were. I mean, Carolina, their defense. I know they got a lot of props against the Saints, but the thing with their defense is Dak proved it. If you have a quarterback and an offensive line that is smart enough and can pick up all their exotic blitzes, you can roast them. And that you could have roasted them, I think, JC, even with JC Horn. Like their secondary is not that good. That's why they blitz like mad because they cover their, it's, it's to cover their bad secondary. But, uh, you know, well, you know, I, I think with Tampa in particular, they're out both starting corners. Um, and so that was a destination I told you. I thought it'd be weird for them to add Richard Sherman and then add another add another corner on top of that because after Tom Brady went out of his way to get Richard Sherman in the building, that it would feel disingenuous, you know, to then go get Gilmore. And I think you know that would cause problems in the locker room. But I, when I was saying that, I didn't realize that Carlton Davis was out. Uh, and Carl, yeah, Carlton Davis, you know, they, they just—I guess he tore his quad or something because they said he's out for a while and then when you told me that i was like oh man they they do need another corner uh so they do i mean then i got nervous but they, i was like maybe tampa will get gilmore well that's Book, uh, booger mcfarlane on espn on get up this morning i was watching it uh he was like i think it's going to be tampa and tom brady's gonna make the call but again tampa was in the position where any other team that wanted that wasn't carolina they could have done it but they would have needed to like rearrange their cap and, and do different things right um well, I mean, right now, the Tampa's best corner until further notice is Richard Sherman, and we have no idea what he can get them. So, <laughs> I mean, if the if, if the Saints can block Tampa, they can do business on that. But I want to talk about it's an interesting point because Washington going into this year, everybody was kind of they were like the trendy pick of to make the playoffs and to maybe win the NFC East because everybody was like they won the NFC East last year. Their quarterback was terrible. They almost beat Tampa in the playoffs. Their defense is really good. Now they've got Fitzmagic, and and Fitzmagic got hurt. They have the uh, Heineke at quarterback. Their offense has been good. Their defense is – they give up 30, 30 and a half points a game. Like, their defense is – I can't believe – I can't believe you didn't call him Heineken on, on action. Heineken? I, well, I give it. It's only Wednesday, my friend. Give it – we, yeah. we, got, we got two more podcasts to do. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, their defense has been awful. And and they're and they're supposed they've, they've invested a ton. That was supposed to be their calling card. That's how they yeah. made the playoffs last year. Like yeah. like they're like they're they've invested a ton of draft picks and money and extensions um on that um on that defensive line. And it's just I mean, Chase Young was supposed to be all great, but it's just not it's just not great, you know? Well, it's really it's 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 passing. Um, Heineke is okay, um, but he can't keep up with how much his secondary is giving up. You know, their turnover ratio is negative three. Uh, Washington's secondary has been really porous. And- 420 yards a game total they give up. Yeah, defensively, yeah. They've been struggling. And, and so just to kind of give you an example, uh, they've given up t- uh, 27 first downs rushing. And they've gotten 25 rushing. So that's about the same. They run for four yards a carry. They give up four yards a carry. Exactly. So whether they're running the ball or their opponents are running the ball, it's kind of an even playing field. Uh, But where there's a massive difference is 
Other teams have 65 first downs passing. They have, they have 43. So when you, when you look at the difference there, it, it's pretty astronomical and it, it really boils down to the pass defense just isn't happening. Now Heineke, he, he's been kind of playing it safe. He, he's been playing at an, an efficient level. I would say that if you look at how Jameis has been playing, I would say Heineke has been a little better. He's, he's been a little bit more accurate with the football. Um, he's made some plays downfield. He's averaging 260 yards a game. So I would say Heineke has played at a high level for them. They've, they've run the ball. Okay. Um, you know, obviously their passing game and now that Logan Thomas is out, you know, he, he's kind of one of their main receivers. It's really McLaurin and, and um, McKissick, the running back. So that's really it. You know, they've got a, a receiving back and they've got, McLaurin that that's really it that's who they throw to and they signed Samuel but he's injured too he played he, he's been injured he played this week but he hurt the hamstring again they don't they yeah. think and they might have to be caught so it's a one it's a one-dimensional offense I mean if Lattimore can show up and slow down McLaurin and you know we're not in a situation where McKissick is just blowing up Pete Warner or, or Demario Davis you know we're not, it's not a Carolina situation again uh, then I think defensively the Saints will hold up pretty well. It's 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 a decent matchup for them. On the other side of the ball, I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's it's pretty simple. Um, you got to block. You got to block. Chase, Chase Young, you know, obviously is a beast, but you know, Sweat has three sacks this year. Allen has three sacks, so like their pass rush gets after it, and you got you got to protect against their pass rush. So I think offensively, it's really simple. It's about pass protection their secondary um is not a threat whatsoever so if you buy Jameis time he will burn this secondary to a crisp but again you're on the road I, I i would feel great about this matchup on paper at home because then i think you could throw more but i think the saints are gonna have to run the football and, and their football team is actually not bad against the run so you're gonna have to pick your spots uh, and I think that's where this matchup is key because you got to protect Jameis because if you can buy him time, he will. This secondary can be had. No, it, it's 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 a hundred percent. And and like this is the game where Callaway and Deontay can put up a hundred yards receiving. Yeah, and and the thing is too with um, with Washington is. Uh, will the pass rush for the Saints return in that will they they don't have the fear of uh, of uh, Daniel Jones running you know Heineke's mobile but I don't think the Saints necessarily have that fear so will they will the pass rush be more aggressive you know yeah well you know they gave up 30 points to Atlanta and 43 to Buffalo the last two weeks um, Josh Allen threw for 358 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, and Cole Beasley burnt them to a crisp, you know, so, um, and then against Atlanta, they, uh, they, Matt Ryan threw for four touchdowns as well. Um, he was close to 300 yards and, you, you know, you know, what's, you know, what's hysterical about this Saints Redskins game is both teams are looking at this game. This, we're, we're Saints fans. We're like, man, this is the game. Callaway's going to cook. Deontay Harris is going to cook. Stills is going to cook. We're going to block him. And this is where the passing game is going to click. And Washington is like, that's Saints. That, that, this is when our defense is going to get right. So 
So <laughs> this will be it's going to be a get it's going to be a get right game for somebody, and somebody's going to be coming out of this game going, "Oh my god!" Like we could like either Washington is going to be be like we couldn't stop the Saints from throwing Jameis Winston just burned us to the ground, or we're going to be like, "Oh my god!" The Saints they couldn't even they couldn't even get to, to two hundred seventy five yards against Washington. The worst pass, pass defense in the yeah. I, I worry. I worry about uh, James Hurst here against Chase Young. That that that's that's where I really get nervous in this matchup. They're going to have to have a good protection plan and help him a lot. But besides that, I feel like this offense and Jameis are trending up. I mean, regardless of what happened in that Giants game, I think they're building something here. It's looking better. Ty Montgomery made some plays. Jawan Johnson had the touchdown. Kenny Stills got behind the defense. Callaway made some plays. Deontay is getting more consistent, you know. So I feel like the offense is trending up. Washington's defense is getting worse. Well, and here's the thing, too. Sean Payton traditionally traditionally has kind of given it to Ron Rivera's defense. Like, Carolina won a lot with Cam. They won a good bit against the Saints with Cam. But even in the games where Cam won, like Sean Payton usually like gave it to the like even when the Carolina, when they went 15 and one, and that defense was so good, like the Saints lit them up twice, you know? Uh, Saints didn't beat them, but they almost beat them with, jo- with Josh McCown uh, or Luke, I'm sorry, Luke McCown. And then, then, uh, Drew had the huge game where they, I think they lost in overtime to Carolina. So um, that gives me confidence. Um, is there anything else with the Saints, Andrew, that you're looking at for this game? You know, you talked about you feel like the, the, the offense is building something. Is there anything else you're looking at? I, I want to know the thing that the, the most interesting thing that I'm looking at. And but by the way, I didn't realize this. Apparently, there is a pulse and a Debo hive on Saints Twitter because they came at me when I was like, they need to start Roby. That's the thing I'm looking at. Do you think the Saints play Roby more or start him, or does a Debo get another week to try to get back on track? No, I would start Roby. I really would, just just because if he's up to speed, obviously, if the, if the coaching staff feel feels like he's up to speed and ready. But I just think, why would you give up a third round pick for a veteran corner like that? That that's and and we're not talking about. And I know, I don't know, calling it a third round pick is actually a little disingenuous because there was cap stuff wrapped into that. Like basically, you know. The Broncos did the Saints – or sorry, who did they – who traded him again? Who did they trade? Yeah, Texans. The, Tex- the Texans did the Saints a solid uh, financially to allow that trade to happen. And then that's why it became a third-round pick instead of maybe like a fifth or a sixth. So um, it wouldn't have cost that much if it hadn't been for the Texans fronting the $8 million signing bonus to make his cap number so low. So that was wrapped into it. But yeah. with that being said, I just, you don't acquire a guy like Roby to not play him. And I just his pedigree, his history in the league, and it's not like I'm antsy to bench a Debo because obviously I care about his development. But I just think at this stage, you've got a veteran that you acquired. You acquired him for a reason because you didn't feel deep. You you, you signed you signed right, Truth right. for a reason to help with depth also. And I just think the long term arc here is for Debo to be a starter for this team. 
uh, but it doesn't have to be this year. That was never the timetable for, you know, Debo was, I don't want to call it, this was supposed to be a redshirt year for him, but I don't know that he was supposed to be playing any snaps up to this point, right? Like if Patrick Robinson hadn't retired and Ken Crawley never gets hurt and the Saints still trade for Roby, like there, there's a world in which Debo has not played a single snap yet this year. Now, I'm, I'm glad that he has because he's I done feel some nice like... things already. Yeah, I feel like Paulson Adebo is the uh, 2016 equivalent of Onyemata, where they traded up for Onyemata, and they were like, it's this dude from Canada. He played one year. We really like his skill set, but he's basically going to be a redshirt year. And that dude, he Onyemata didn't start like Adebo, but he forced his way onto the field as a defensive tackle. And, yeah, it's a sub. Yeah, and I think it's the same thing with the Debo. I think he's earned the right to play for the rest of the season. They should carve out a role for him. He, every game, he should get in and get some coverage opportunities in the secondary. But I think what you saw in that Giants game was that that's the guy we're going against. That that's the guy we're going after over and over and over. And uh, sometimes he's been on the winning end of that. Other times he absolutely has not been. And I think that's with rookies, it's going to be up and down. And I, I don't think you want to yeah. put that pressure on him now that it's out there on tape and the Washington football team has seen it. I, I think this is the time to make that adjustment because then you're like, oh, it's Roby over there. Okay, well, that dude's been in the league. You test him once or twice, and if Roby makes those plays, and all of a sudden you're like, okay, well, now we got to think about do we want to mess with Lattimore because he's covering McLaurin, our best receiver, you know? So I, I just think too many times in that Giants game, Daniel Jones is content to go away from Galladay and go towards Kadarius Tony to go towards John Ross, even though those guys haven't done anything uh, because of who was covering. Yeah. And, and I just think, you know, uh, I think, I mean, I think Roby will get tested a bunch, you know, and he'll have to prove it, you know, but I think, I think, like you said, he'll, he's a veteran. He'll hold up better. Um, so now we, we need to get Thomas on here, Dr. Fink, because, you know, I, I got a bone to pick with him. He, he, he could have alerted us to this Throckmorton thing yeah. much sooner. And, yeah. and of course he texts me right after we, we uncover this and we talk about it on the big show and now he's like, oh, I was just he, – he, he was, like, trying to cover his tracks. He's like, oh, I was just about to tell you about it. Dr. So, Thomas, come on. What do you on, have to say gold, for yourself? That, was, that joke – that was gold joke material. Hey, guys. I'm here to clear my name. <laughs> I, Go ahead. I, so this yeah. is the deal. Last week, last Wednesday, you had the Spotify green room at uh, Snafu. <laughs> and that night yeah. in – in the forum, the Green Room forum, I said, let me speak. I have a joke to tell or some, something along those lines. You did? I remember that. And I couldn't get on. The, the app was screwing up. But what I, was, what I had chambered and ready to go was my colleague and actually my boss, too, had pointed out the fact that I have never mentioned the Throckmorton sign on the podcast and was really missing out on a joke <laughs> opportunity. So I was like, oh, well, I couldn't get on. I couldn't say it. I was going to type it out in the forum, but I said to myself, I'll wait till next Wednesday and I'll pick one of the injured players and I'll be like, hey, let me tell you all a way that we can figure out what side the injury is on without looking at the injury report. So 
uh, fate decided to sweep the legs and sabotage me, and now I don't have a good joke. So, what, what, well, here's the thing. Here's my question. Like, it's just so like calling it a Throckmorton. Like, is it like two medical terms mashed together? What? Like, it, that doesn't make any sense. Like, no, it's actually named after a physician. I think I don't. Maybe he was, he was probably a radiologist. I'm sure. And like the late 1800s or early 1900s or something. I was going to suggest that maybe it was um, throughout our, our football players uh, ancestor, like legacy, but I don't think it is. <laughs> it's also been, it's, it's been, um, it's not valid. You know, they've actually done a couple studies to be certain that it doesn't actually hold any, any validity, but it's still something. Yeah, I don't believe that for I one second. <laughs> yeah, but I'm a Throckmorton truther. I want to believe it. It's still it's still joked about and used though. Like it'll get brought up every now and then in conversation, just as a joke. Because uh, all right, so Thomas, for for those for the listeners who have no idea what we're talking about right now, can you explain medically what a Throckmorton is? Yes, so the Throckmorton Morton sign is a, a radiological sign whereby on imaging, it can be either X-ray or CT scan or MRI, the side of the pelvis injury is the same side, said to be the same side as the direction that the hog is pointing. So... <laughs> There you go. Science. Hey, you can't argue with science. No, 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 you cannot. Science. No. They even have they have a Wikipedia page for it on um, uh, there's like a radio uh, a radiologic website that I use to kind of refresh myself on X-ray reading and stuff. And they even have it on there. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> it's uh, it explicitly says that it's been rendered invalid, but. It's funny that it's been passed down all this time. Mm. That's what they want you to think. Dudes have had uh, the same sense of humor for the last couple hundred years, evidently. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> now, I, now I don't, I I don't ever want Throckmorton to No, I, I, I wanted him to succeed because he was my UDFA son. But now he's got to be like a 10-year player for the Saints. Like at least a backup lineman. Like this joke can grow and grow and grow we could do t-shirts we could do mugs i mean the the, the possibilities are endless just say the yeah the graphic designs coming to my mind right now that we could put on t-shirts yeah we'll, we'll we'll get thomas on that we'll make we'll make it a special project for thomas and poland the, Th- the throckmorton uh the throckmorton the throckmorton merchandise tab uh, at saintshappyhour.com. Do you think we can somehow rename the, the annual hernia surgery that the Saints get, the, the Throckmorton? <laughs> I don't know. We, I, we should workshop that. I feel like there's a way to incorporate I, those two jokes and morph them into Yeah, I think, I think we need to. Th- thank you, Dr. Thomas, for, uh, for clearing that up. So that about wraps it up for tonight. Uh, thanks, thanks everybody for joining us. We had a really good, we had a really great crowd tonight, Andrew. Was, uh, so remind people to join us every Wednesday on the Spotify Green Room. Download the app. You can join us, Dr. Thomas, uh, Joshua, uh, Dylan. People, you can. We, we'd have more people chat if people want to chat. We we always pipe them in. And by the way, I want to remind people: uh, if you uh, 
if you watch us on the Twitch live stream and you subscribe to us through Amazon Prime, which you can do for free to support the show, remember to resubscribe every month your your subscription to us and support. It only lasts a month. You have to resubscribe, and it's but it's free if you're an, if you're Amazon Prime. It gets us two dollars of Jeff Bezos money. So just remember to do it if you subscribe to us in the Twitch channel. I, I was just looking at the uh, weather, Ralph, and it looks like in DC it's going to be. 60% chance of rain on Sunday. So that's another thing to factor in and precipita- precipitation may be uh, a component to this game. Yeah. I don't know. We used to worry about that. But I don't, I don't, I mean, we just have, the thing is, I the reason I worry about that, I actually worry about that more with Jameis than I would with Drew because Jameis, fump, he has a tendency to fumble. He hasn't yet with the Saints. But the rain and his tendency to fumble, that could be not good. So, anyway, guys, thank you for joining us. Download the Spotify at Green Room app if you haven't, so you can join us next week. So, for Andrew, I'm Ralph. We will see you again tomorrow. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. 
Bite Clear aligners are doctor directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. 